0: Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Baggies Broadcast. My name is Luke Hatfield. I'm joined by someone you guys will all know well, uh, Mr Andrew Turton. Hello Luke, how are you mate? Very good mate. You're my sole guest today. I oh, am,
1: yeah, I'm on flying solo today. Yeah, now Mr
0: uh, Mr. Wilson's otherwise engaged. Yeah, only a couple more days left away for him. Uh, back in the office on Friday. So he's got one day and then he's got the Burnley game with me. I'm sure it's going to be a massive... Change from I think, Sri Lanka to mm, West Brom.
1: I think he's, uh, yeah, I think he's, uh, yeah, he probably did the right thing trying to get away for a bit. I think it's been a tough few weeks uh, mm. having to watch Albion week in, week out. So, uh, yeah, I don't blame him, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, what a way to come back to uh, watch them try and take on Burnley.
0: Oh, yeah, I do. I must, I must admit, that's the worst thing ever, coming back from a holiday. <laughs> when you're getting, when you, sometimes you miss in home a little bit. You miss your own bed. But, oh, dear, I can't imagine missing... That Sri Lankan weather. Oh, gosh, I mean, yeah. I know it's perked up a little bit recently here, but... Yeah, Wolverhampton
1: or Sri Lankan, yeah, it doesn't quite collate, yeah. No, no This is no. it. Oh, a, some of us are working, there this weekend. Where's our holiday?
0: I know, tell me about it. I mean, uh, my my, my uh, boss, so to speak, Nathan Judah, he's been away as well, mm. in Bali.
1: I know, I'm, I'm fed up with seeing the pictures he's tweeting out, you know, is he just trying to um, annoy us or something? What's yeah, going on?
0: It must be, mate, it must be, but... First things first, I mm-hmm. have to apologise to the listening masses. Oh. This this podcast is going out on a Wednesday, Woof. a Wednesday, and I do apologise for that. The reason for this being is the international break has has given some of our reporters and the like a chance to take some time off. So unfortunately, we couldn't get a podcast out to you on Monday as we normally do. But today's Wednesday, we're we're going to fill in. We're going to get. Everything from your regular Monday episode in on a Wednesday. Myself and Andrew Turton. Uh, did you watch any of the England games?
1: I did. I did actually. Yeah, for once. I thought let's give it a go. Usually I haven't really been bothered, especially through through the pretty dire qualifying. Mm. Break, you know where it was just a complete uh, sort of cakewalk the whole time. But yeah. the last two games, I wanted to see how sort of Southgate's going to get his team together. Sort of, and and you know I, I was kind of, kind of wanting to see whether there is something to get excited about this summer, you know. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're desperate, aren't we, for actually to go into a, a World Cup with some sort of genuine optimism, you know, because yeah. uh, a lot of the qualifying campaigns have been a bit like, oh, well... They're always a paying qualifier. Because yeah. you're going
0: up against teams who inevitably sit back and say to England, go on, just try and pass your way through is. us. Yeah, you yeah. Know, the likes of Andorra and... and Another country, similar. Yeah, it was always going to be a bit of a struggle. But now, I mean, it's getting to the serious bit. And to be honest, I thought there were you know I rays thought, of light in those yeah, two performances.
1: Yeah, definitely. I was really impressed. Especially, uh, you know, last night. Uh, well, we're recording this obviously on Wednesday. Last night was the the uh, Italy game, and um, yeah, I was. I was really impressed because for like, you know, my main sort of line share of the game, we were in control. I thought, you no know, unintended yeah. <laughs> Hey, boom um I'm having a coffee to get myself that lively uh during the party oh, you know God you you're on, you on it you're on it but um yeah genuinely i thought they played really well um Thought that um, you know, it, it was interesting to sort of see how he's lining up with three at the back. Um, mm. I think that's obviously something that he's he's definitely going to go with during the World Cup now. And I thought it was good, it kind of does get the best out of people like Stones and and sort of Walker has had a good couple of games filling in at the in the back three and that as well. So, yeah, I, genuinely, I think there is some cause for optimism. I don't think we need to suddenly think we're going to run away and win the World Cup, but you yeah. know, if we can at least get through the group stages and uh, you know. I think we've got scheduled to get someone like um, Senegal and Colombia in the last Yeah, it
0: all depends on whether we can but, finish ahead of Belgium in yeah, our group. Yeah. But uh, I was having this discussion with someone the other day and I was saying, if we make it to the quarterfinals, that would be a great tournament, yeah. I think, for England. Yeah. Um, but inevitably, once we get out of the group stages, everyone will be thinking we're going to the final. So yeah. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? But yeah. um, there is cause for optimism. One thing there isn't cause for optimism for at the moment it seems is VAR cuz dearie me.
1: Oh uh, yeah, it was another um, another contentious issue wasn't it again. Mm. Uh, it's strange really. I, I am in favor of VAR I think there's too many numerous occasions where there's been contentious decisions that have left teams on the wrong end of them, you know, really suffering and uh, I just think it's important to try and see if we can persevere with this. but the whole setup of how it how it works during the match has got to be looked at. I mean, again, during the during the Italy game, you know, we were sort of left with him running halfway down the pitch yeah. to go and have a look at the screen, <laughs> that the that the operator on the screen couldn't get it to work initially, so he was try- waiting for another 10 seconds before it could be pushed up so that he could actually view it. Yeah. And then, obviously, the decision itself, you know, these are sort of meant to be more clear-cut decisions. Yeah, uh, that's,
0: that's the issue, isn't it? Because it's one of them where... If you don't get that in a game, and even if the referee sees it, you might be, "Ah, uh, there's not enough contact there." I mean, I know he stepped on his foot, but yeah, it's 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 at least they had the VAR thing on the screen saying there was VAR going on, so at least fans kind of knew there was some sort of decision being made. Yeah, whether they whether they needed to see the actual uh, situation as a whole. Yeah,
1: be... I, I think it needs to be screened. It has yeah. to be it has to be like it would be, you know. Uh, in other sports, the way you get, get it at tennis with a Hawkeye system, and that I think you need to just see it because hopefully that would at least bring the supporters in on it. They, you know, they, there's too much confusion in the stands, and that's what causes the booing and yeah. the you know the sort of unrest among the supporters in the stand, quite rightly so. Really. Yeah, so. that's
0: what Southgate said. He, he, he said after the game that it was fans at home know what's going on, but when the fans at home know more than what's going on, then than yeah. the fans in the stadium yeah. Something, something's a bit awry there 40s, but yeah. do you reckon it'll good. do well in the Premier League I know Albion it doesn't look as if they'll be there but do <laughs> you reckon it would work yeah. in the Premier League
1: yeah but- I think so yeah I think it's important the Premier League even more so than internationals is so heavily scrutinised mm. every last little decision is, is picked up and, and uh, uh, and uh, discussed uh, for days and days afterwards. So, I, you know, I think that it's an inevitability that this needs to be sort of a permanent thing in the Premier League and, mm. and made to work. I think if you can get the timing down to barely sort of you know, un, at least under half a minute or, or yeah. sort of, you know, 10 to 20 seconds, then I think you're on to a winner there, you know, but um, there's always going to be things that they're going to sort of need to uh, work on to uh, iron it out a little bit, but definitely um, it's, a, it's crucial, I think, going forward. Yeah. You can't have the technology and then take it away. It's like what they're doing in sort of Formula 1 with safety and things mm-hmm. like that, you know, once you know that you've got these things, these measures, you've got to implement them and find the best way.
0: That's it, listen to that. Hertz says he knows his. Stuff here on VAR. We've we've been sitting in here in Albion podcast for about seven minutes now. We haven't actually talked about Albion all that much. Do we have to? You know.
1: I mean, I (laughs) I I don't know about a lot of the fans listening, but literally, I'm I'm feeling so sort of. just, I, I don't know. I, I I feel like I need some energy about the to, about yeah. the Albion. This season's petered out so much, and it, it's such a shame that you can't. When you should be excited about, you know, West Brom playing again after the international bay, break. I don't know. I can't. You know, I've needed a coffee to get lively now.
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of fans have welcomed their first ever international break, which yeah. they actually kind of enjoyed. Yeah. Um, but we do have to talk about it. it hurts. We are paid by the Express and Star to do so. Yeah. Um, let's open with some of the we're going to go over on a little bit of a roundup of the news this week obviously no game uh, for Albion being that international break but we've got a collection of stories which have been on the Express and Star website which we're going to have a little bit of discussion about them, a little bit of a roundup for those who may not have uh, indulged their Albion tastes over the past week or so so we're going to open up Gary Megson, uh, he was talking about Albion saying they were too quick to accept their Premier League fate this season, do you think he's right?
1: I do, I, do I, think, I think so, you know, I think when Megson himself was in caretaker charge, you know, we we arguably had two of our better performances of the season, I think we spoke in previous weeks, I, I certainly was of the sort of opinion that I would have liked to have seen Megson uh, around the club and kept in and around the backroom staff during sort of Pardew taking over because mm. I, I just felt... At that time, he'd he got a good mix with the players. I think he'd got a good rapport, rapport with them. And I think it would have been nice to sort of see how he could have, uh, you know, ho- hopefully ha- helped Pardew along a little bit. But mm. it wasn't to be. They wanted a clean slate, which I can also see the point of view. You know, it, it was important maybe to sort of uh, bring in some new ideas. But... Um, but yeah I, I think that you know over the last few weeks Pardew's cut such a forlorn figure and uh, it, it hasn't mattered what sort of team he's put out there you know there's been uh, you know widespread sort of criticism of his substitutions and the way that the, uh, the teams have been performing and it, it's been down to the man at the top Pardew who hasn't been able to get him going and I, you know it's it's been such a slow sad decline mm. through uh, you know uh, and, and really a, a, a real shame that he hasn't to, you know that, there, that maybe the board didn't have a fresh look at it a few weeks ago and think well you know we've got to maybe just make one last chance one last change and see if there isn't any way of you know saving the season because um, you know as much as I wanted Pardy to work out if it wasn't working out then it just needed to come to an end
0: Yeah probably right there I mean do you think Mexico could have uh, done a bit better than Piaggio if he was given the opportunity? I, think, I don't I know, know. He's been out of management for a while. He's been out it? of
1: management for a long time, and I, I maybe he's rose tinted specs with myself and other Baggies fans, you know, who thought that you know it would have been great to sort of see if he could at least have seen the season out and 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 worked his magic uh, up until that point. We'll never know. It's all hypothetical. He had a good couple of games when he first come, when he first took over after Pulis left after uh, Pulis left and. Um, Uh, Yeah, he might have, in retrospect, been the way to go a little longer, at least to have taken it maybe sort of six, seven, eight games down the line. And if the results had still been picking up, then obviously he was your man to take you through the season then. But Mm. the board were quite adamant that they wanted, you know, a a, a recognised Premier League name uh, coming in. And, you know, they already had it in mind that they wanted someone like Pardue.
0: Yeah, so it's a bit bit, bit of a shame, really, that one. Uh, Another story which which came out last week. uh, Tony Pulis, former former boss. Remember him? Where did he go? Remember that guy? Mm. Well, he's been linked (coughs) with moves for Chris Brunt and Craig Dawson. Mm. Interesting stuff. Firstly, do you think these two players will go in the summer, given that if they go down, should they go down, which it looks like very likely that they're going to be 10, 10 points adrift now. Uh, or 10 points from safety I should say could these two firstly leave and leave for Borough
1: I don't know I mean they're not uh, Bubba aren't a team that are going to sort of instantly you know fill you with a lot of you know uh, excitement I mean yeah. I, I'm saying this without Nathan Jude in the room the uh, Mr Bubba himself but yeah. Um, but yeah gen- genuinely I wouldn't have thought Brunt at this stage in his career was desperate to uh, to make a move like that I mean I, you know he, he's just uh, triggered his extension um, mm-hmm. now with, uh, with West Brom so I mean I, you know I can't Believe that he'd be looking to uh, to move. You know, he's, he's part of the furniture a little bit, and, and certainly over the last sort of few games, it's proven how no much we need him. Still part of the squad. As for Dawson, well, it, it, it kind of depends. I think a little whether he's going to get maybe his chance to play at centre half next season. I mean, you would have yeah. thought in the championship, you know, he, he's he's going to be a stick on to be, you know, sort of. Uh, f- probably taking over from Evans in the in the uh, in the middle of defense and if that's his preferred position and Pulis can offer him that and the world and Borough get promoted and he believes that he's he's still confident enough to be playing premier league then um, you know his head might get turned but I don't know I find it a bit of a strange one really but uh, it isn't you know often managers when they leave clubs they do start to sniff around the players at previous um, previous sides they've had don't they
0: Yeah I mean the players may well have an affinity for Pulis I don't know them personally and I haven't, I haven't really spoken to them about it so it's not something that I'd say I'll I know I'd be
1: very surprised I think definitely with Brunt I think he's he's you know he's we've seen in the last few weeks he's he's still passionate about the baggies you know and I think that I think I'd be surprised if he wanted to go and make that move um Mm -hmm. you know a man that we haven't spoken about is James Morrison the guy who's who's been quite keen you know who who I think up north they've they've been looking at him to uh to maybe go up there and I mean if he you know in the summer maybe that is the sort of player that they that might leave to go up there but um I'm not, yeah, I'm not convinced. Burton, Dawson are heading north.
0: Yeah, it's just a big question: is whether is is Borough really a step up? I mean, if they don't well, get, if do. they don't get promoted, yeah, you'd argue that it's not a step up. It's it's going to be just a sideways step. It,
1: it's just going for Premier League football, but you know, I'd argue that Borough are going to they they're a team quite full of a lot of good. Championship players, so arguably, they need to then need to bring in a lot of players in order to give it a good fight in in, in the Premier League if they mm. get up next season. So, yeah, I mean, Dawson's the mate, the one. I think that potentially, if there's someone like a Burnley or someone like you know potentially a, a Bournemouth that are perceived to be a little bit more established in the Premier League at the minute, yeah. then uh, you know those are the sort of teams I would I, I could see uh, his head getting turned for, but. Yeah, not bother. I'm surprised.
0: Yeah, um, West Brom won't be forced to sell. This is good news. Yeah, good news yeah. for our. <laughs> um, of course, it doesn't just because they're not going to be forced to sell players on the cheap doesn't mean that players aren't going to leave
1: though. Mm, well, I, I know we'll probably touch on it a bit more uh, in terms of um, finances and what's happening at the Hawthorns. But uh, but I'm, I was surprised by that line because I, I, I would have thought that. The necessity maybe financially isn't that we need to sell, but surely in order to fund you know, bringing in the sort of plays that are going to give us a good tilt at... Uh Uh, you know a likely promotion push hopefully next season Um, it's certainly surely a bit of a necessity to look at the players who aren't aren't really you know who haven't appeared from the outside to have been up for a fight to keep up so Mm. I don't know if you can find buyers for them I'm I'm sure that there should be at least two or three players that we're looking to clear out to free up some money
0: yeah one of them men who then may well look at to uh, clear out and bring in some cash He's Nasser Chadley. Mm. Uh reports now that he's nearing a return. Could well be the Burning game this weekend if if yeah. uh, if he's if he's if his fitness has come back pretty quickly. Yeah. Um he's only played sixteen minutes since October. It's
1: incredible. It's absolutely incredible for a guy that I know a lot of fans have been really desperate to sort of see you know, back in the back in the fold a little bit. I have myself because whenever I've seen him, you know, he has given you that little bit extra. He's a bit of a luxury player that mm-hmm. this season may not have, um, you know, worked out quite as well. But I, I also think that you know, he has given us a lot more going forward when he's played. And but uh, thinking about next season, I, you know, I, I don't think his head's particularly been in it. I, I'm not sure the level and the extent of his injuries. You know, you can't help being injured necessarily, but mm. it seems like there's been lots of talk for weeks about when he's coming back, you know. Yeah. And, and and you know, I don't know whether I've seen enough urgency out of the guy to, to you know, wanting to get back fit and get back in the team. I don't know.
0: Yeah, he doesn't strike you as someone who's willing to, like, um, make... Make that sacrifice of dropping into the championship. He probably sees himself as a Premier League player, and you're well behind a move. I know there's been
1: some, uh, you know, some smiles from uh, Baggy's fans from behind the scenes, sort of thinking, "Well, is he just getting himself fit now for a tilt at the World Cup? Uh, yeah. You know, with Belgium." And I mean, you know, if he does make that side, and you know, you could call yourself a World Cup player, then uh, arguably there may be a side abro- abroad or something like that that might it might take a chance on him, um, but. Um, whether it's for the the sort of twenty five millions and these sort of figures that were being mm. talked about originally when he was you know when he talked his about pomp, to, uh, yeah. his pump and going to Swansea I don't know but um, but yeah I, I you know if I was uh, the club I'd be looking to cash in
0: yeah it's interesting you touch on that world. <coughs> Topic because that could work in Albion's favour. I mean, you know, I know it seems a bit of a mercenary move, so to speak, getting himself back fit a couple of weeks before the end of the season. He goes massively.
1: In, I mean, he's paid for, to play for West Brom. It's outrageous, yeah.
0: really. Like. But at the same time, if he goes into the World Cup in a bit of form, say he gets a couple of goals for Albion, then he does well for Belgium. Mm. Hopefully, not against England. By the way, <laughs> <in> the <group laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that would be his value will go up. We've seen it before with players. Yeah, like yeah. A, um, the like the, uh, the the likes of uh, who was it at Newcastle? Uh, Sissoko who yeah. ended up going to Spurs. Oh, after, what incredible was it? Thirty million, 30 million pounds yeah. after after one performance for France, which really it was a good performance, but oh, yeah. dear me, thirty million 30 pounds million for one for one showing. You're joking? But players do that yeah
1: I well, know and it, uh, that's what sort of stinks a little bit about the modern games and it sometimes you know that you you, you know uh, genuinely sort of you know wishing that he was playing for the Albion week in week out and uh, and it just uh, yeah, and that he could sort of get his move just for a couple of performances. But, um, but, but be, it'd be helpful in terms of the cash value. Yeah, it would be, it would be, home. you know, because, I mean, you, you want at least your money back, what we've paid for him, so it, it would be important from that point of view. I think you've got to look at it a little bit more coldly than that, you know, I've, I don't see him as sort of um, uh, very low to West Brom, so I think if he gets back, gets fit, and, and we can get the money for him then. See you later.
0: Yeah. Garchan Lai has a long-term commitment to yeah. the club according That's good. to Mark Jenkins that yeah. is good you, yeah. just, you took the words out of my mouth there so it is good because a lot. I imagine a lot of fans behind the scenes were thinking we're going down here yeah. could he maybe sell up but it looks like he's going to be committed enough to try and get the club back into the yeah. top five.
1: I was encouraged by hearing what Jenkins was speaking about in terms of saying that Lai was having uh was going to be having a a much closer relationship with the club and and was intending to have, if not himself, then a representative uh, at the club, uh, you know, on a a regular or even a day-to-day basis, you know, because that's, for me, the reasons why this season has felt like it sort of spiralled, because, you know, he obviously left his men in charge, um, uh, you know, earlier in the season, uh, John, John Williams and... And 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 for whatever reason, you know, he's not been pleased with the decision. He wanted uh, stability. He wanted, ideally, Pulis to to stay if that was going to ensure that the club was going to stay in the Premier League. Mm. Obviously, the guys at the top made the decisions they did, rightly or wrongly. It's obviously looking wrongly now because we're going to get relegated. But um, so you know, for whatever reason, he, 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 he you know he didn't have a very uh, close. Um, Close uh, sort of hand on what was happening at the club and mm. the men that he left in charge haven't done the business for him. So naturally, any businessman in charge wants to wants to see a return on their investment, wants to see a stable business, and uh, it's not happening. So it's good that he's staying in, involved. I'm I'm still sceptical a little bit about uh, his motives. I feel I don't know. Certainly, from a fan's point of view, I feel like it, it seems like he's bought the club more as a marketing aid rather than a genuine interest in West Brom and, and the club as a community club you know um i feel that's that's painfully missing from the club at the minute but I, you know, the last thing you need when you're getting relegated is any more upheaval. So he needs to have him in charge at least for another 12, 18 months while, you know, we get stable and hopefully get promoted.
0: Yeah, that's a big worry, isn't it? Because if he was to look to sell, then you'd think, well, he's not going to pump any more money into well, the club which the... means there's no more signings. Yeah,
1: I mean, you'd argue how much money's gone in in the first place, really. You know, But certainly, you I, I, I definitely needs someone who's going to... Uh, Hang around a little while 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 the club gets stable, and then you know, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we get a little bit of um, yeah, a bit of stability going forward, and can get promoted again. Yeah,
0: yeah. So the big news this week, of course, which which broke on Monday, was the releasing of Albion's accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, got a couple of numbers here for you. We'll try and make a little bit of sense of them. Um, Albi made a £39 million pre-tax profit last season, mm-hmm. really good numbers there, Yeah. of course they spent £40 million in the summer transfer window which didn't work out too well. Excellent spending, excellent. Um, it's the first time they'll be needing an overdraft for over a decade now, for yeah. more than a decade. Uh, their turnover was £138 million which is up by £40 million or so. Um, the big deals, of course, were the likes of Kieran Gibbs, Oliver Burke, fifteen million pound for Oliver Burke. That looks a bit, bit steep now, doesn't it? Doesn't it just? Uh, Jay Rodriguez and, of course, Gregor Kovac. he came in on loan, but he's earning what one hundred and ten thousand pound a week. Yeah. So they've spent a lot of money at Albion. They made they made, they made a lot of money as well. Um, that pre tax profit of thirty nine million is nothing to be smirked at. No, no. Um, but it does show. I mean, me and me and Matt Mayer, are, 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 are a reporter here, we had a video about this the other day it does show the the level of spending that has gone into Albion which has really been a bit fruitless yeah massively fruitless really
1: it's amazing when you talk about those figures because yes they're astronomical to sort of the everyman uh, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know but in Premier League sort of spending you know, it's um, it's a fraction of what sort of sides in the top four, five, six are really? sort of looking just to keep themselves stable in and around that sort of position. Everyone else underneath that has sort of, um, you know, been struggling, and it, it just shows that even after so many years of being stable in the Premier League, you know, certainly over the last handful, um, that even that sort of cash injection on the field have has left them behind well basically the other 19 clubs as it stands yeah. and it's incredible and uh, it's amazing you you've you've spoken there about sort of you know Oliver Burke and the money that we spent on Kukoviac on his wages you know have these players improved the squad you'd have to say they haven't you know and it, it, you have to be really cold about it and it's a shame it's such a shame because uh, you know a club like the Albion you've actually seen out of these figures sadly, that we've actually probably been hitting almost our limit in yeah. the terms of the sort of spending capacity that we've got, you know, certainly players' wages-wise. Um, and yet, still, we've come up short. And it does make you frustrated as a fan to think, well, you know, how can you ever sort of, you know, get progress as a club if, mm. if you know, you spend that type of money yet um, yet you can't actually make it work? I mean, obviously, there's other decisions that have gone on, you know, I think obviously managerial wise, it hasn't been great, and you know, tactically the club on the field hasn't uh, hasn't been playing anywhere the sort of football that has been successful in the Premier League. But Mm. um, you know, they've obviously at the start of the season genuinely trying to put some money together into players that they thought were going to be good, and it's not worked, and it's left them now Um, not financially. um, struggling, but certainly restricted from for the yeah. next few months, years. You know, it's
0: worth stating that using an overdraft is a fairly common occurrence for a football club. Yeah. It's just uncommon for Albion, given they were so financially stable before. They've not really needed one for more, as I said before, more than a decade. They've not needed one. Now they're being you know drawn into it, but. It's nothing to worry about. No,
1: oh that. no, no. I, there's no, there's no problems with a, with a club sort of on that financial foot. And It's interesting, really. It's how you run a club in a, in a business model. You know, mm. there's a lot of companies throughout the world, not in, not just in football. Everyone, you know, and there's individuals. Most people have some sort of credit card or some sort of overdraft, and you know, it's interesting whether you, you, you're comfortable with with running something you know, in a slightly debted sort of situation yeah. or whether you've gone down the route of the Albion, what we've done over the last sort of good few years, where you've not been prepared to go to that level. So it's meant that you've had a slight financial straitjacket because you've only ever lived within your means. Um, and it's interesting. Do you want to live within your means and and that financial sort of barrier mean that potentially you're always on the cusp of going down or you, you you're sort of always going to be battling against it uh, in the lower half of the Premier League or do you you know do you sort of try and spend and you know hope that by staying up every year and the influx of the huge television wealth that you get that that sort of continues to keep you sort of financially ticking over you know it's interesting
0: really it yeah. It is. It is it is interesting um... So one man who was very interested in it of course Mark Jenkins he was shocked at the decline that, Al- that Albion had been in <laughs> yeah, since uh, yeah. coming back in obviously. well
1: the club must have changed you know massively from his and PC's day you know yeah. from the way they were
0: running it he must have he said that you know he's shocked at the decline he, he almost it sounds as if he, he's bit angry almost at all the hard work that he put in has gone to pot almost but I, was,
1: I was interested in some of his comments he spoke quite like a fan he spoke about being uh, you know coming to see some games and, yeah, and that and I, was, I was interested because I, I wrongly had the obviously impression that Jenkins was a little bit of a sort of you know a uh, an accountant yeah, for, not, a, for not for not yeah not a, not a dismissive dis- in a dismissive way but sort of you know a guy that was very much of a business Brian and without having much sort of like uh, passion for the club in that sort of sense but I, I was obviously wrong in that sort of sense because he, he's spoken quite well this week and um yeah I, I I'm amazed how, how much the ch- club can change in 12 months I mean there must have been quite a sea change but um mm. but you know he's obviously um He's obviously going to take quite a root and branch uh, review of everything and try and see where they're going wrong.
0: That's it. I mean, he said he's going to review ticket prices. That's the one thing he said. He did He did go to a game yeah. um, as a fan and he, he said he asked himself, did I did I see value for money there? And he, he said no. And to be fair, a lot of Albion fans have stuck with the club. I mean, I know the Hawthorns hasn't been full every week, but... There's been a good contingent of fans there who have spent their money every week, oh, and they massive, certainly yeah. haven't been getting value for money.
1: No, we? no. I mean, I, I've been going up even with, with my dad, and, and and that, and we've sat there, gone through. So we went through the results the other week with all the games that we've been going up, and I think we've once seen them win a couple of times in the last 18 months. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm sadly can't get to the games uh, week in week out. I would love to, but um, and there's obviously fans that are more dedicated and, and spend their money um, week in week out, but. Yeah, I, you know, it's one of them, isn't it, really? It's, uh, I, if, you know, if fans don't see winning football, then they're just going to tw- talk and, uh, and they're, they're just going to go elsewhere. They're not going to be prepared to spend.
0: Yeah. Um... One man who does have a bit more money to spend, it will seem, now is uh, Mr Kane Wilson. Obviously, the Albion oh, yeah. to just to sign a new deal now until 2020. Rubbing his hands. It is good to see Albion still investing in youth, even even in the position that they're currently
1: in. Yeah, they've got to... Uh, well, it's, it's going to be even more imperative if players start to go out the door. They're going to need to rely on some of these. But it's interesting. We've, we've obviously had two or three players that... Uh, that have gone like Sir Tyler Roberts and obviously Izzy Brown and and players like this who were who have been promising and obviously the main man himself Berahino. You know yeah. these are guys who have uh, come up through the youth system and 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 not felt their careers were were best served at the Hawthorns. And
0: By the uh, way, that know deal looks like an absolute. Well. Amazing! Now you've done well there. (laughs) Out of all the
1: financial things, I think that we have done that was the uh, that was the one that uh, that has been a a thing. But I actually feel sorry for the kid, really, because I you know I saw the raw talent and stuff, and and everyone saw the talent that he had at the Mm -hmm. Hawthorns, yeah. Career's just absolutely spiralled away, yeah, but um, but yeah, life. I'm pleased with Campbell. Uh, you know, I think um, he's shown some promise, and uh, you know, at least uh, he's tied down to a bit more of a deal now.
0: Yeah, and possibly a player you could see more of next season. Yeah, uh, international weekend obviously taken um, taken precedent recently. Uh, a number of Albion players were there. We're going to go a quick run through of. All of Albion's players who did feature yes. um so quarter the main man and Jake Livermore um, was called up to the England <coughs> squad. Unfortunately, an unused sub versus Italy and Holland. Yeah. Um, another man in the England uh, the England perspective so to speak. Sam Field was called up to the England in the twenties, under twenties, sorry, played in the one nil win over Poland, Oli Burke for the uh, Scotland under twenty ones. He he was Involved in the Euro Champs, uh, under, under 21's European Championships, one-all-draw qualifier with Andorra. Um, Matty Phillips, he came on for Scotland in the one loss to Costa Rica, but then started and scored against Hungary. Good goal as well. As a striker. He was played as a striker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this something interesting for Robin fans to consider? I mean, if he sticks around next season, could he play as a striker? Ah, uh,
1: potentially. I, 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 really. That was the first time I've, I've seen him sort of play that sort of role. Really, mm. uh, something's got to click with the guy because I think he's been, uh, you know, bang average for a few weeks, really, yeah. to be honest. And I, I, yeah, I think that somewhere, I, I, I think it's so frustrating because somewhere in there is a, a good player, you know, certainly at that level, yet. Yeah. Uh, you know i've been frustrated that he, you know his performances just haven't been proving it at all but mm. maybe that's a maybe that's just the game that he needed something that's a confidence booster getting a
0: goal internationally is always great so yeah.
1: good luck to him i don't know
0: James McLean started in Ireland's 1-0 loss to Turkey uh, an interesting one here Amen Hagazi and Ali Gabir they both started in Egypt's 2-1 loss to Portugal by the way they did a great job up until the 92nd minute and then ronaldo <laughs> scores two in 2 minutes yeah. um so fair play to him there They they stopped Ronaldo For the for the 90 But Can't just couldn't, couldn't Keep him <laughs> out In an added time yeah. But Higazi didn't feature In the 1-0 loss to Greece But Gabir did mm-hmm. So Is this a player Which Albion should I mean he's clearly good enough to be playing for Egypt on an international level should he be good enough to play for Albion? Uh,
1: potentially yeah I, you know I, I again he's a guy that he, he hasn't really been given his chance since he came here you know and I I, mm. I feel like yeah I, why not why you know it's it, it's awkward who you're going to drop essentially out of Evans and uh, and um uh, Nagazi, you know, if Evans hasn't been in the team, it's tended to be Dawson shifting across. Mm. Uh, or you know, they... when they go
0: to five at the back, they did it against Bournemouth,
1: yeah, yeah. Five at the back is a play that is uh, that gives him a chance to play. You know, from what I've seen, the footage that I've seen of him uh, during his international performances, he's been good. So, yeah. you know, we have got a player there that has got some potential,
0: yeah. Gregor Kokowiak, an unused sub in Poland's 3-2 win over South Korea, but did start in the 1-0 loss to Nigeria. Uh, Gareth McCauley, Johnny Evans, both started Northern Ireland's 2-1 win uh, over South Korea. And uh, Alan Neom came came on for Cameroon in their 3-1 win over Kuwait. So that's all of your Albion internationals, all of them... All of getting them getting now. good game
1: time at least then, aren't they? That's you know? uh,
0: so it, yeah, fair few getting time on the pitch. Uh, except for good old Jake, even though he did get the England call up, it's good. It's it good to see him getting I the call ups. But there was a lot of questions asked.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Over Southgate selection, a, a lot of people talking about his um, his demeanor. Mm. I think it could be Jake. Jake's demeanor is, is what's really got him in there. He's someone who uh, Southgate can rely on to help. You know, keep that dressing room in a stable almost position. Because what is- you see the likes of John Joe Shelby. You know, I mean arguably more talented, but. Is he as good in a dressing room? That that yeah. is that is a big question over Shelby.
1: Well, this is it with Livermore, You have, you have got someone who's an experienced guy now. You know, I, I know he's still relatively young, but essentially he's been in and around the Premier League for a while. He's mm-hmm. been a good performer for the most part for West Brom, um, but um, his consistency has left me baffled a little bit over over recent weeks. You know, I don't feel like he's. He, Yeah, you know, I think there there was a lot of changing about with who should be in the middle between him, Krakowiak, Barry, Fiord was in the mix and Mm -hmm. Brunt's played centrally as well. Um, And yeah, you know, I I, I can see him as a good person in and around the squad. He should be now, you know, he's a passionate guy, he's keen to play and, uh, you know, he should be wanting to play week in, week out, really. Mm
0: -hmm. That's it. We've got a little bit of a segment prepped now, Andy. Yeah. Uh, This should be an enjoyable No quizzes, though, please. Uh, Unfortunately, there's no second guess, so we can't (laughs) do a quiz this
1: week. I know what everyone out there is like, oh, bloody hell, Andy. You know, you're awful anyway, so that's fine. Uh, Your
0: your record in quizzes isn't It's not good. It's It's very similar to Albion's record, I would say. Thank you, yeah. That's one way of uh, saying it. So you and Albion are on a, a similar trajectory there. Uh, of course, mate, there's always a chance for an upturn in form. But mm. wait until we got a second guest in here, mate, then we can do this. But Fair no, enough. this week we've got a segment called Pardew's Price is Right. Ooh. Now, um, it could be aptly named. It might not be because Alan Pardew may well not be at the club when these players are <laughs> being sold. Yeah. But the idea of this segment is to get an estimated value for some of the Albion players who could depart or Albion players in the squad um, should, they leave, should they leave this summer. So, yeah. We'll get things started. We'll start between the sticks. Ben Foster, how much do you think Ben Foster's worth?
1: For a good Premier League club, you know, he's worth a good... Uh, five, six, seven million pounds. I think you know. I mean, this is a guy who's who's played in the Premier League. You know, he's an England international. I know he's not in in and around the squad now, but nonetheless, I think he'd be a good keeper for most uh, most clubs. Certainly, any promoted clubs who wanted someone stable, someone who's got the experience in the dressing room and that as well.
0: So you know, I think he'd be a snip for that sort of price. Yeah, the only question I suppose is his age. I mean, mid thirties now. I know keepers last longer. I think keepers but...
1: last longer and I think that maybe, you know, he's got over any slight injury concerns that he had um, mm. a few months, seasons ago. Uh, yeah, he had a big knee problem. He had a big he? knee yeah. problem. So I think, you know, if some, if, if you know, you you I think if you were the Albin and someone come to you with about £5 million, then you'd, you'd, you'd probably bite their hand off really. Do
0: you trust Boaz Myhill in a championship
1: or uh, do you go with someone else? Um, I do trust Boaz to a certain degree, but, um, but I'd like to see them start to look for to the future and get mm-hmm. you know some some good keepers. We, you know we've had keepers in and around the uh, the youth team that haven't really got a chance uh, mm-hmm. since Foster and Mayo have been in there. So it'd be good to see someone else sort of be start to be brought through.
0: Yeah, big chance for Alex Palmer maybe. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been uh, he's been doing well. He's been <coughs> earning a couple of plaudits from Neil Cutler, the goalkeeping. coach. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, Alan Neon, do you reckon he get he fetches much money?
1: Uh, I don't know off the back of this season. I think that. There'd be few suitors to him, to be honest. Mm. Really, I, again, and not a not a dissimilar sort of price, really, in this day and age. You're looking at a guy who's probably is worth about five million quid uh, to someone. Uh, given that he's he, he again has the Premier League experience, you know, someone would like to pick him up. But um, but yeah, I um, I think his value's diminished with a pretty poor season.
0: Yeah, a bit of a fruitless discussion. This one, Johnny Evans has a clause where if uh, if Albion go down, we mentioned this before. Can go for three million quid. Yeah, now, that is definitely not what Johnny Evans isn't no, worth. No, no, no. I want to know what you think he's worth. There's always been talk of these bids around 20 million. Do you think he's worth that?
1: Um, I do think that he's worth that, but sadly, with a club in the relegation zone that's going down, mm. you know, it we got if the clause wasn't there, I think that there'd still be clubs that would look to pick him up a quite a snip, and yeah. I think the Albion would struggle to get you know, 20 million from a guy, I think he'd be kicking up quite a, a stink if, if the likes of Arsenal and Man City would come back in for him, then, uh, you know, I think his agent would be pushing really hard for, you know, for for even half of that sort of money, 10 million mm. really, to be honest. But no, it's a snip if he goes. I mean, I don't think them clubs look like they're going to be in for him now. I think the time, sadly, I think the time's passed for him, but uh, I think there was some early talk that maybe the West Ham's and, and these sort of clubs might look at him. So, um, yeah, for three million and they're going to get a, a good squad player.
0: Yeah, or any promoters side, by the way, three oh. million quid, if you can tempt him in. I know he's got a higher wage bill, but dear me. Could, well, you can. Know, you, well, you're going to your be ends.
1: able to offset it, aren't you? You know, With that mm-hmm. sort of out, outlay for a transfer fee, you're going to be prepared to stump up more in wages.
0: Yeah, Amegad Hagazi, I mean, he seems quite happy at Alvin, seems quite committed. Yeah. But he was he was one who was linked away in January because of his impressive performances earlier on this season. Yeah. Do you reckon he could fetch much?
1: Yeah, I do. I think that I think there'd be a lot of Premier League clubs that would probably, you know, I think the guy would certainly have a sort of price tag on his head of over ten or twelve million pounds now mm. because uh, he has had a good season and if he, uh, you know, he, he does perform internationally as well, then um, you, you've got a guy who I don't think we would let him go on a snip. To be honest, I, I hope that he would stay because I, I, I believe that. With him, Gabir, Dawson, you've got quite a, a good stable championship back uh, back line, you know. So yeah,
0: let's let's fly for a couple. Andy, uh, Craig Dawson,
1: oh, uh, ten million again. 10 million yeah, yeah. Kieran Gibbs. Again, around the sort of uh, uh, maybe about eight or nine. You know, I mean, uh, all hypothetical, but uh, you know, he's had a good season, I think. And uh, anyone looking for uh, you know a good uh, a good um, you know wing back come left back uh, should look no further.
0: Jake Livermore England international player. yeah I mean you know
1: he's got the pedigree he's still been uh, in these England uh, squads regardless of whether people think he was worth it or not he's there on merit and uh, and Gareth Southgate wants him in the team so if you're an England international you, you should be looking at 15 mil maybe towards the 20 million to be honest mm, yeah. yeah. I mean it's it's crazy these sort of figures are quite astronomical when you look at them now but actually these are sort of the going rates for a lot of players
0: when, when players like Jordan Iber going for 20 million well, this is mate, it. I, know you, I know you pay for for the potential but yeah I, I think yeah,
1: I think you know you, you can name your price to a certain degree mm,
0: uh, we'll move on to the midfield now one man who hasn't featured for, I mean, for a long long time James Morrison really struggled with injury this yeah. season the, the issue with him I suppose is his contract you know yeah. he, could be, he could be gone for free anyway yeah
1: I think the guys I think that's that's the situation I don't think anyone will come in for him paying a fee because you know his injury record just not good enough Um, and uh, you know at his stage of his career you know are Premier League clubs really going to sort of stake a lot on on bringing him in I I wouldn't have thought so we've spoken earlier in the poddy about you know the likes of Middlesbrough potentially sort of clubs around the playoffs uh, that, that might take a punt on him obviously through his Premier League experience but I think they'd all look to try and get a free transfer
0: yeah well that's it his contract is up in the summer so you know he can leave for free whether Albion decide to offer him another deal and, and see if he can do the job in the championships I and think other
1: it's potentially unlikely because I think they're going to think well where's the outlay even mm. even for a sort of you know, would you? I mean, I think they'd be unlikely to want to give him two years, three years contract. You know, so would you give the guy another twelve months? At his stage in his career, he'd want more security than that. So he'd yeah. want a longer deal. And I just don't think. I think with the likes of Field and and, and other players in and around the squad that are hopefully going to stay, then no, I, I think sadly, as much as I like Morrison, and he's been a good servant for the club. I think he's going to end up going.
0: Yeah, J Rod.
1: Um. Has had an improving season throughout, really, yeah. Um, but I think he's worth what we paid for him again. I mean, I, you know, I don't think he's put massive on his value because, you know, he hasn't turned out to be a 20-goal-a-season guy. You know, he hasn't lit it up like that. Arguably, he hasn't been given the chance. He's been pulled out when he was on a good run of form mm-hmm. earlier in the season. Sometimes he's also been played, you know... Out of position. Yeah, so, a couple
0: of speed bumps over the season <coughs> as well with the yeah. whole gay bong thing.
1: Well, this is it, yeah. That hasn't been an ideal situation for the guys. Took uh, the shine off it a little bit. But, yeah, you know, if there was clubs coming in, I think they'd probably part with £15 million. Pounds. Mm.
0: Salomon Rondon, of course, linked with China a couple you know, yeah. windows ago. Yeah. What, best part of £30 million. Yeah. Won't be happening now, will it?
1: No, it won't be happening now. Not for them sort of figures. And, uh, you know, I'd be surprised. Yeah. It, uh, in retrospect, it looked like it was a bad move to potentially not take that sort of money. Um, it, it, you know, they obviously didn't really have any other options to buy in at that time. That's why the deal didn't uh, even get off the ground. But. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, um, uh, it's a shame, but yeah, he, he's not going to fetch that kind of money now. But there are, but nationally, I think there is a lot of admirers of him, you know, national pundits and stuff mm. obviously keep talking quite highly of Rondon whenever he sort of does have a good game. And I think yeah. that that sort of talk would probably get him a move.
0: Yeah, it's his work rate and... The fact that he's committed, he's always committed. He's I mean, committed. You can never question
1: oh, no, his No, no, and he has scored goals. I mean, nowhere near enough, and I think his finishing, his, you know, leaves a lot to be desired. But, you know, I think if there was a Premier League team out there, you know, newly promoted, I think they would take a punt on him, to be
0: mm-hmm. honest. And we'll finish up with Nasser Chadley, Of course, um, he brought in with the big name that he was from Spurs did well for a fair few games and then you know he's tailed off and then injury has just in, ravaged in yeah, his season as well massively
1: yeah I, I, I'd like to think you could get the same sort of money back for him but um, I think that his value sunk a little bit below sort of um, below possibly 10 million now really but um, you
0: reckon yeah. if you get double figures you've done well
1: yeah I, you know like we said earlier if he does get back fit and he's part of a World Cup squad then that might knock a few quid on top but um, mm. but yeah Struggling with a guy, you know, injury records
0: not been good. Yeah, so we'll move on, of course. West Brom back in action. This weekend on Saturday, I'll be at the game. So you're going to go down and watch as a fan, or you've got to work?
1: try, haven't I No, I, I am working this weekend. You'll see me uh, tweeting and uh, writing stories all weekend on the uh, on the pages of the Express and Star and shropshirestar.com But um, no, so I won't be there. But I'll follow the obviously brilliant coverage from yourself as well.
0: Oh yeah, of course. Myself and Matt Wilson will be there. I'll be in a ten points away from safety. If the Great Escape Part Two is going to happen, it needs to start now, doesn't it?
1: God, how many times have you said that over the last few weeks? I think yeah. it's needed to start. It's
0: one of them where it's, it's, it's the, getting to the point of no return, though, now.
1: It would be the greatest of great escapes if there was some sort of turnaround now. It's definitely not going to happen. But um, just for the fans that are turning up week in, week out and still giving support to the club, mm. you know, someone needs to help them out a little bit and give them a good performance. It's going to be tricky because Burnley have been very good this season, you know, and 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 I don't necessarily see the the spark of inspiration from from the Hawthorns from the Albion that are going to suddenly, sort of you know, turn in a performance that's going to be electrifying and going to win the game. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's call me a bit dour a little bit. I'm a bit depressed with them uh, a little bit at the minute, but I I I don't see the spark of inspiration, sadly.
0: Rightly so, mate. Rightly so. O- odd one. It's, uh... This is the uh, the game which Albion did have a chance to get a double over someone this season. Yeah, they did beat Burnley. Um, Bit of a false result you'd think at the time. I mean, Albion got away with it didn't they? Yeah,
1: they did get away with it a little bit that day but, uh, you know, equally at the start of the season we looked, you know, it's amazing really to see how much, you know, optimism there was over the first few games and seeing the result against Burnley, you know, everyone was really like thinking, blimey, this is a good season, this is a good start to the season Mm. but, Could we have not foreseen what happened after that?
0: Yeah, who would you like (laughs) to see feature? Is there anyone in particular?
1: Um, Maybe, I mean, obviously, um, Livermore's been in and around the England squad. You know, maybe the guy uh, should be brought back in. You know, Kukoviac had a good game last game out, but obviously, um, you know... The whole
0: situation with him and Pardew is... Yeah, it
1: looks like it's deteriorated a lot. So whether that's going to mean that he's going to sort of... um, uh, be left out this week and Livermore brought back in. Uh, that's potentially one of the uh, choices that he's got to make. But I don't know. I, if I was you and I'd be looking at all the names on the team sheet, I'd be thinking, well. Where do I actually go? What options do I actually have now? Because it, it seems to me like he's exhausted most of his options. I mean, you know, uh, I don't think he's been making the right decisions for his substitutions and stuff far from it. But, uh, you know, I also don't think he's had a lot of options to uh, to go with. Mm,
0: is there anyone that Albion you think need to worry about? Obviously Burnley are one of them teams where they don't really have a standout star, do they? No, no. I mean, you imagine the standout star is probably Sean Dyche. But. It has been well.
1: Funnily enough, the one guy is probably their ex-Albian man, Mr. Chris Wood. To be honest, mm. you know, he was a guy that showed good fits of promise when he was at the Hawthorns. You know, I I, I wasn't extremely sad when he went because I thought that potentially he'd hit his limit in terms of his talent but he's gone on to have quite a a good career and he has scored goals for Burnley since his move Um, him and Sam Vokes you know uh, have been good and um, you know I'd be I'd be quite surprised if he uh, suddenly doesn't pop up and net one against the Albion
0: Yeah do you have a prediction for me we'll finish with the predictions
1: I'm hoping I'm going to try and be a bit more positive and say that you know, we may just squeak some sort of 1-0. If, if, you know, if we can get ahead early, then there might be scope that we can see the game out. Equally, we haven't really been doing very well in terms of, uh, you know, keeping them out at the other end. So Mm. I think the best case scenario is trying to get a good 1-1 result or something like that that would at least appear like it... Well, at least we wouldn't get beaten in front of our own fans. That'd be a start-off. If we could not get beaten, then I think, you know... After the last few weeks, then it's bad. At least they can try and treat it as a bit of a clean slate after the international break. So, one nil, one one. I know that's not very optimistic, but that's as best I can do.
0: I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be an optimist, mate. I think West Brom are gonna pull out an unlikely win. Very similar to last time out. Maybe, maybe get, maybe go goal up with. About half an hour remaining, and then maybe nick another one. I want Albion to get a win. Yeah, I, I want to see a win at the Hawthorns.
1: Desperately, desperately, please.
0: Yeah. So Andy, uh, we appreciate you taking fifty minutes of your time to talk about West Brom today. It's all
1: right. I will always. I'll always talk about West Brom, even uh, even at these sort of dire days.
0: Yeah. Well, don't worry, mate. Easter's here. Thank uh, you. Yeah, big... well,
1: I'll, I'll I'll try and comfort myself with a lot of chocolate over the
0: weekend if the result doesn't go our way. I certainly will be too. So big thanks to everyone listening and have a wonderful Easter weekend.